am Crystal Freeman. I think I'm going to go ahead and put the bathroom down here. It might be a little distracting. We'll um, I'm Crystal Freeman. Thank you guys for choosing to come to this class. I really appreciate that. And I'm so happy to see you guys. Uh, so when Jana asked me uh, to lead a class or to speak on something, and she said, how about healing from heartache? I was like, oh, give me something fun. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know, walking in your gifting or just something fun, you know. And, and But immediately the Holy Spirit was like, we're going to do this. We're going to do it together. And I said, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I agree. I, I will totally do it. So uh, please know it's not, I know it's not the most fun subject. And I know that there are things that, um, scars that are on your heart. And it's going to be a little hard to kind of process through those. Uh, but I just wanted to share with you a word of kind of testimony of, of my life and the things the Lord's done through through it. So if we could, just want to pray real fast. So Father, thank you. Thank you for these ladies. Thank you that you are our scarred Savior. Thank you that you do not take lightly scars because you could have easily um, just been raised from the dead and, and had no scars, Lord, but you carried those with, with you to just show the proof of love and the proof of healing. So um, I just love you. And I thank you that you're here and that you walk among us and you love us so, so much. So I just ask this. Please use this time for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I uh, Crazy, too, by the way. These two ladies in here on the front, I rode the school bus with them. Just happened to sit at my table. I was like, I didn't know we rode the school bus. So back in those days, way back in those school bus days, uh, when I was seven, I met the Lord at a little country church in Lenore City. And, I mean, at seven, you think, like, that's not going to be this earth-shattering. It was totally earth-shattering. Like, I was snotting and going, <laughs> you know, like, Holy Spirit. It just was this whole new feeling at seven. And I was like, what is this? Um, and I really wasn't, you know, okay, seven. Yes, Lord, saved from, saved from what? My sister, she's in the back. Um, she got saved the day before. And she was like, I got saved today. And I was like, saved from what? You know, and she's like, oh, they'll tell the little kids tomorrow. And she's I am a, am a middle child, and I was like, I'm not a little kid. What are you talking about? Say for what? You know, and so anyway, they, they told us about Jesus, and so I met him that day and heard about how he had died for me um, and was raised again and that I could know him and walk in that. So I said, okay, yes, I want that. So fast forward a couple of years, I was baptized at Concord. First I was Concord. That's where I grew up and uh, grew in the Lord, learned about the Lord, learned a lot from his word, and served. I went on mission trips and did all these great, amazing things, and it was so fun. And then I went to college, and I mean, it was a struggle. It was a struggle, struggle, and the Lord's so good because now I actually work at a campus ministry, and so he's like, I redeemed the years the locusts have eaten. Amen, yes, amen. But in those years, I was struggling with knowing what it really looked like to be a disciple of his. And so I kind of got mad one day, and I remember it. And I said, do you want me to do this one thing? I was thinking about switching schools. And I kept asking him, asking him, asking him, and it was quiet. And now looking back, it was just an opportunity to kind of walk in faith and walk in that desire because I really wanted to go to this other school. Uh, and it was quiet. And so finally I said, I remember it. Not my finest moment. Um, I said, you know what? You're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And so open season of rebellion for about 
probably two years or so, just rebelled, hung out at bars, went and did whatever I wanted to do. I didn't care, wasn't interested in any of that. I actually met my husband that way, met him in a bar. That was fun to tell my pastor. <laughs> Where'd you meet? In a bar. Awesome. Um, that's great. And so <laughs> we got married, and, and he had two small kids. Uh, there were one and two at the time when I met him, and so started like raising those kids and then some custody stuff. Um, and that was kind of the first time heartache came through my door was with custody because I was raising them and then they were gone. And so I remember sitting in the middle of my bed going, I am hurting so bad, so bad. What are you going to do about it, Lord? And he said, I am here. And so I said, I'll take that like baby, like Janice said today, little bread crumbs. Like I'll take that little breadcrumb. I don't have anything else, but I will take that little breadcrumb. So um, went through kind of that season, still not really um, hearing from the Lord. I was just kind of like doing what I knew to do. And that was like, go to church, read the word, you know, and those are good things. He says, do not forsake the gathering together. So I would go to church and do those things. So then I, I, we started trying to have a, a child myself, me and my husband went through infertility. And I went for years through infertility. And you want to talk about heartache. I mean, every, every infertility treatment that didn't take. Every time I would see people who were pregnant. Me and my sister started at the same time trying to have a baby. And she had one. And then she had two. You know, and it wasn't a, I'm mad at her. I mean, y'all want to know an aunt that is proud. <laughs> she will attest. Yes and amen. I am yes so proud of my two nephews and niece and then my sister-in-law. I feel like I need to tell y'all my family's here in the background. <laughs> I mean, I keep on pointing at them. My sister-in-law, she just had a prince, and he's going to change the world. Jesus is going to change the world through him. Um, but just living in that kind of like season of disappointment and going, where are you in this? Where are you in this? Where are you in this? Um, and so there's a lot of questioning with the Lord, but not in a... What are you doing? But in a show me where you are in this. Show me where you are in this. So I went through that season. We never did have a baby. And there was this point where the Lord taught me, I have to understand his character, period. So in a season of not understanding, he said, trust my character. And he said, I'm good if I give you a baby. And I'm good if I do not. And I said, yes, Lord. And I know that sounds really churchy almost, but please hear the Lord's heart in it. He is good. This swirling, like she was talking about, the storm and all those things, that doesn't change the character of the Lord Almighty. It doesn't. It really doesn't. So um, after we, we went through that, um, I, we had the kids back and we helped raise these kids. So at, at thir- 12 and 13, uh, the 13-year-old boy decided he didn't want to live with us anymore, wanted to live back with mom. She had some uh, drug issues and things, and so he went to live with her. A couple of weeks later, he was diagnosed with bone cancer. Mm. 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 <laughs> I told you I could write the book on this whole heartache thing because I thought, you know, how am I going to parent in that? How am I going to, how do you, what do you do with that, you know? And the Lord said to me so kindly, he said, if whatever the enemy uses for wrong, so death is the worst enemy could do to us. Basically on this planet, like the worst he could do to us is die. I mean, yeah, I make it really uncomfortable and all the things of the torture law, but death is the worst. And so I looked at Cody's situation that was my 13-year-old. 
And said, the worst he can do, the Lord turns to the best. I mean, literally, heaven. You know, which I know, again, (laughs) I feel like I may sound a tad like, oh, it'll all be okay. No, I mean, that's scary. That's a thought that you don't really want to think about is your kid that you've raised going to heaven before you do. I mean, that's something you do not want to face. But I had to walk in the treatment of that. And I had to trust the Lord in, I'm not able to parent this child because he chooses not to and the rejection that comes with that that was hard to swallow but he's going to walk with me in it and then again the lord said i remember it right before his treatment started the lord said i am with you so sometimes i feel like we diminish the presence of the lord all these other things can make us go, oh, what's going on? I don't know. He's going to have treatment. Then what are we going to do? And I don't have a baby because of infertility and all of these things. And then he goes, I am here. Like, holy cow. The creator of the universe, our, our maker, he knows us in and out. He knows my roles. He knows my hair. He knows, like, he is here and present and close. So Cody went through his treatment. It was a year and a half. All the things worked out well. And he's cancer-free today. He's had all these scans and he's cancer-free. Yes, yes, praise the Lord. Yes, and I was able to bless the chemo that went into your kid because it was poison going into your kid. And you're like, what am I doing putting poison in my kid? But the Lord changed that poison into treatment for him. And sometimes I feel like heartache feels like poison, but it's going to heal us. You know? And it's hard. And it's something you don't want to carry. And you don't want to, I don't want to stand up here and tell you all these terrible stories. I feel like Job or something. You know, like this and this and this and this. But I wanted to tell you today, last story. Um, two years ago, my uh, husband, I've been married since 2005, so 13 years. <laughs> so uh, we were in the church parking lot, and he told me he was having an affair. With a 24-year-old person. He's 40. And uh, I remember sitting in that car going, Lord. And I said, Jesus, you have to overtake my body right now. And he said, show him what grace looks like. And I said, okay. Because all this time that he walked with me, when the Lord walked with me, He said, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And so when I was sitting in that car, and I said, overtake this body. And he said, I'm here. Show him grace. So I said, okay. So we've been healing from that for two years. We're still together because after that time, the Lord said, I'm your husband. And I said, yes, Lord, you are. Just like you're talking about today. There's nothing that my husband on this earth can give me that my heavenly father can't. Period. And so... Uh, we separated for a time and, and worked through that, and it was hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It was stinking, freaking hard. But I've never been so intimate with the Lord as when you say, you are literally all I have. You're literally all I have. So I tell you all my story, and I know it's hard, and I know it's like, downer, but the Lord told me this when I asked him what he wanted to talk about, because I was really like, I don't want to talk about all those things. It's not fun. He said, tell them, if it's not good news, it's not the gospel. So everything I just said to you doesn't sound like good news. It really doesn't. If someone said, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, it's not good news. But when the gospel 
which means good news in the original language means good news. When it inter- intersected in my story, when the gospel said, I'm your husband, it became good news. Does that make sense? So when I wanted a baby, he withholds no good thing from me. That's the gospel. Do you see how that kind of like infuses to this one thing that seemed like heartache and seemed like hell on earth when we took his word and said, that's reality. Everything I'm looking at sucks. But when I take his good news, it all of a sudden comes to life. Right now, my husband's not employed. You know what? That sucks. He will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's good news. So when we take our crap and we take his gospel and apply his gospel to our crap, it becomes good news. I then become a canvas for you all to look at and go, man, that was, I cannot believe the Lord walked through her with that. But isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful to know that there's still a marriage Honey, everybody I told this story to about the my husband cheating on me said, me too. Oh, that happened to my dad and mom. That happened here. Every single person I've talked to has said that. And you know what? I can stand and say, it's not easy. It would have been easier for me to be like, I'm out. I'm out. This is done. But when the Lord, God of the universe says, show him grace, I say, I'm going to stay. And you're going to work it out. Because I can't. I mean, I couldn't be pretty enough, be funny enough, be spiritual enough, be any of those things until God moved in his life. Running towards the Lord, we're one flesh. The Lord will bring him along. Yes? I feel like I came at you hot and heavy. I'm sorry. I just had to get it off my chest. I've been to, the Lord has been like preaching this sermon to me, so now y'all get to hear it. Because if it's not good news, it's not the gospel. If you leave here today with anything, I want you to leave here with that. If it's not good news, it's not the gospel. I counseled someone who had been cheating on her spouse for two years. And she sat. The spouse found out. And she sat in my presence and she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, right now I want you to say, I'd never in my life seen somebody so broken, so down, so out. And I said, right now, you say my husband's not going to divorce me. And she said, my husband's not going to divorce me. I said, you just shook the heavens. The spirit in me said, the heavens just shook. Because she believed it. She believed it. Maybe it was hard. And maybe it was like, I don't know if I believe it right now. But she shook the heavens. So if I could say anything to you ladies today, it would just be start shaking the heavens. Start believing a miracle in your life. Believe crazy love. Hearts everywhere. Yeah, that sounds a little crazy. Okay, sure, there's going to be a shape of a heart here or a rock there or whatever. But every time you see it, that's for you. From the creator of the heavens. That's for you. That's way off my list here, but we'll come back to it now. (laughs) I would just say, speak life. Start speaking some life. I realized I had a pastor die and just a few a week ago or so, and I realized something. I don't remember him gossiping. I don't remember any of those things. I remember the times he spoke life because those are the times that really matter. Those are the things that make you go, I just like being around that girl because she's like speaking life mm-hmm. instead of death. Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends that I could go hang out with and I leave and I'm like, <sighs> 
everything's wrong, everything's going bad, I think I've got such a tough life, nobody has any of those friends, right? And y'all are certainly not those friends. But, you know, you just hang around them and you leave and you're just like, oh, nothing's going to go right today. You know, say, I bless you, Lord, move in them, bring me some better friends, you know, that are just like calling you on in your relationship with the Lord. Even in the times when I was like, yeah, this sucks. I hate today, and I'm crying my eyeballs out. I had one friend that I work with, and she was like, I believe good for you. I believe the Lord's going to move. And just to have someone stand with you, when my faith was underneath the ground, for her to stand next to me and have that faith, it was like I could hold her hand and be like, somebody's believing. Somebody's believing, you know? So find those people who are going to believe. How much time? Okay. <laughs> Find those people that are literally believing for you when you can't believe. And speaking truth and speaking life when you're not believing it. Um, there's one story that the Lord brought me about this, and it's in Mark 6. If you guys want to turn there, I can read it to us. It's Mark 6, 45. And I just thought it was so interesting. Um, we keep singing these songs about a storm and... And the Lord told me last night, Crystal, some of these ladies are in a storm. So please don't think I, I discount that storm because it's scary. It's loud. It's messy. Please don't think that I discount that. Um, but just as being a voice on the other side of it, just hear me say that there is hope. There is Jesus. There is his spirit. There is his presence. So in uh, Mark six forty five, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. Seda, while he dismissed the crowd. So he had just done the loaves. So he'd taken the loaves and multiplied it and fed a bunch of people. Lots, thousands of people. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. When evening came, which is about sunset, it's kind of important. At sunset-ish, that when the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 and 5 o'clock in the morning, So um, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at... Gennesaret, and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard him, or wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. So, whenever I was reading that, I thought it was so interesting because I thought, what's the difference between evening and the, the fourth watch or whatever? Um, and evening, like I said, was sunset. And fourth watch was between three and five. So he, it says he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. I thought to myself, he sees them in the evening and he is good, but he doesn't walk past them until three or five, three to five o'clock in the morning. Why didn't he... You know, my, my immediate question was, well, why did he make the wind stop? If the wind's what was stopping them from progressing, why didn't he make it stop? Um, 
And so I kind of thought about that, just picturing him standing on the edge of this lake and seeing his friends out there like, Ooh, oh, you know, come on, and this rope's falling down. And, you know, just thinking of all this wind kind of causing all this chaos and thinking, Jesus is watching them. He sees them. Why didn't he make it stop? Um, and then he walks by them between 3 and 5 o'clock in the morning. The question never came up, why didn't they ask him to? If he just saw... If they just saw him feed all those people, why didn't he ask him to, hey, hey, Jesus, I know you can hear me. Can you make this stop? And there were plenty of times in my life where I thought, hey, Jesus, can you make this stop? You know, but he didn't. But why didn't he? And so I got to thinking, I'm going to think that he saw them struggling, but their hearts were hardened. They didn't understand the loaves. They didn't understand that the elements were under his domain, that he was king of it all, that he could make it stop. They didn't understand that because their hearts were hardened. So I guess I just pray that in the seasons where you're in your storms, where it's loud and all the wind's blowing and all those things, I just would encourage you to have a soft heart towards Jesus. So if it's not good news, it's not the gospel. If your heart isn't softened towards Jesus, you're not looking for the good news. You get your eyes on all these wind and all the waves and all those things. They could have easily said, get in my boat. And immediately when they, he got in the boat, the wind stopped. Mm-hmm. All that chaos and junk going on, it all stopped. So in our storms, in our seeing Jesus walk by, hey, can you come on? <laughs> Hello, can you help me? Just get in the boat. They weren't even asking. We're not asking, hey, stop the wind. Hey, stop the cancer. Hey, stop the affair. Hey, stop this. Hey, stop that. We're not asking those things from Jesus. We're just saying, get in my boat. Get in my boat. That's all. That's all that matters. You being with me and me being with you. Get in my boat. And the heartache's not so hard. It's really not so hard. I don't diminish the heartache that you've experienced. I don't know what you've experienced. I just know what I've experienced. But what's more important than all that heartache is that Jesus is still on the throne. His spirit's still in us working. God the Father is on the throne and his train fills the temple. Key because when, when he says that in Isaiah, when he talks about the, the God on the throne and his train filling the temple, it was because in that day when the king conquered a land, he would take the train from the king he conquered, and sow it on the end of his train. So our God is sitting on his throne, and his train fills the temple. He's conquering all the kingdoms of heartache in your life and in my life. And he's sowing those on his train, and it makes it beautiful to where the angels are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that's what matters. Hey, take my cloak, Jesus. Take this and sew it so we can give you glory, so we can give you honor, so we can give you praise. Yes? Yes. Heavy word. I know it's a little heavy. But, okay, for the last however many minutes, my time, how many? Okay, good. So for the last five minutes, I just wanted you guys to get um, together with someone, preferably someone you don't know, and sit um, and talk to the Lord. <laughs> Yay! And she says, someone I don't know. Awesome new friends. I know some of you, make, it makes you super uncomfortable. Please know, no judgment. It's just totally fine if you don't really carry on a conversation with this complete stranger. But sit with, 
sit for a moment. I'll give you like one moment just to sit with the Lord and say, where in your life is your boat? And who's in my boat, Lord? Is it the complaining blah, blah, blah friends? Or is it my anxiety? Is it my worry? Just in my boat right now, who's in my boat? And then find our strange friend, or not strange, wonderful friend. (laughs) Not strange, wonderful friend. And ask the Lord, just pray over that sister and have her pray over you. That's all for the five minutes. I know it's short time. So one minute, we're going to just sit. I had music, but my speaker's not working. Um, But just sit and ask the Lord, who's in my boat? Lord, who's in our boat? That's what we want to ask you for just a minute, Lord. Show us with the eyes of the Spirit, Lord, who's in our boat? Where is our storm? Where is all the wind blowing and we're just busy trying to hold it all together and and make the things do the things we want them to do and we want to control this and we want to do that like lord just take a minute with your spirit and just tell us who's in our boat and what that boat looks like So now, Lord, um, that you have just calmed our hearts and you have centered our minds. Uh, Father, I just now ask that you would connect ladies um, to just pray over each other in our boats. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Everybody take them. We run out of the way. No, no, I'm not.